0: Well, hello everybody, and welcome to another frame of mind photography podcast where I try to talk to you about photo topics in the industry to help mold, shape, change, reinforce, do whatever with your frame of mind around photography and photo editing. Uh, this week we're gonna talk about a little bit about you, know, why are you saving all of your photos? And do we need to? And Everything around that, I am joined this week by my good buddy, Brian Matias. What's up, man? Hey, doing, Matt? Uh, yeah, no, I... Yeah,
1: we... we, For those that don't <laughs> know, like, I've known Matt for a long, long time, and we've talked about a lot of things. This is probably one of the ones I'm actually most excited about. Like, we've talked about this kind of topic yeah. in different ways. So, no, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm psyched that you're doing this, and uh, I, I can't wait... To, I'm excited to talk to you about it, but I'm, I think more excited to hear what listeners or viewers have to say about, about yeah. this. So.
0: Yeah, it's, it'll, it'll, it'll be an interesting one. So, um, you know, with this, we're only on podcast number two, podcast number one got a lot of great feedback. So, uh, we appreciate it. Keep the feedback coming. Um, we're on podcast number two and Brian, Brian and Blake are, are my good friends that we, we, we talk often. All three of us are actually friends with each other. So, yep. um, and uh, and so so if if this podcast does continue, which I I have no idea if it will, <laughs> um, Brian will be uh, Brian will kind of be the you know the normal co host. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my plan. I'll talk. We'll I, you know last time with Blake, we kind of kind of just did a little segue halfway through to just talk a little bit about the podcast and and talk a little bit about you and and think that we've got going on here. But I want to get right to it. So um, our our topic is um, so. Why are we saving all of our photos? And and the topic, the topic actually came up by I think me, Brian and I talking about conversations. So, so independently, we're both working on courses to help people go mobile with with Lightroom and just photo editing. Um, and, and we're both tackling it from kind of a different angle. So it's like, you know, we're not competitive with each other. I think I think there's a, a place for for both of them absolutely and we we started talking about this and so you know, we're 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 having this conversation we realized you know this the, anything to do with lightroom mobile is going to be governed by space because if you want to start to use some of the, these cloud solutions that we have some of them are some of them charge per terabyte right. and then we started talking about like how many terabytes of photos we have and then you know, one of us was just like, God, man, I got so many photos. And we're like, why do we have this? And what's you know, do we need all of this? I'm saving all of my raw files for what? Like, right. why do I have eight terabytes of RAW files that I will never ever go back to again? Right. Um, and, and so that's where it came up. So I will I will I will start this off by saying first things first. This we are not advocating to not back up your your files and not save anything. I think both of us have very good backup strategies and while we might not always know why we're backing up all our raw files, we do deep down know somewhere in there we don't want to lose them. So so we keep doing our backup strategy. So we're not advocating you do that. What we're what we're hoping is maybe we shift your mind a little bit about how important that is. Maybe to start deleting a little bit more, I guess you could call it. So yeah. Um, I'll go ahead, buddy. No, no,
1: I, it, like, I for me, I I approach the title, you know, the the kind of topic of this, uh, of this episode from a different tack. Where I'm like, why aren't you deleting more photos? Um, you know, as opposed to like, should you keep all your photos? Like, a hundred percent, I agree with you. No one's saying you shouldn't back up photos. I think that's important, but. We have to kind of take a step back and kind of ask ourselves, how did we get into that mindset? And you and I, um, I, I think to- have been there. Think about it. Yeah. We were, um, anyone who was into photography before, say, uh, the, you know, digital around like the mid late nineties, early 2000s, when digital cameras yeah. started coming out, film was our option. And film is not cheap. You have 36 exposures generally and you have to pay to develop it. And you, you don't know what you're getting necessarily. <laughs> so when, when, when we, you know, yeah, like as digital got better and as storage, like hard drives got cheaper and bigger. Mm-hmm. We, you and I mean, we've both been there. We're like, yeah, why delete? Why do you need to delete anything? <laughs> yeah, Just Keep it all. <laughs> keep it all. Like, and that mentality, you know, if you think about it, like if I were to look through my photo catalog, I would say that the biggest type of photo that I've taken, uh, are brackets for, for HDR. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I took those brackets is because why not? Like I, I would have a, you know, a huge SD card and I had like, I have this like 24 terabyte hard drive that I'm not even halfway close to, to filling why not?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I think, and, and, and that was kind of our first point is to talk about history of how, how we got to this place of many, many terabytes of photos. And I, I would venture to guess anybody that was, I, I think there's, I think there's a timeline and a, a path people follow in photography. So I don't think, I don't think you and I are different in that when we first started, and when you first started, could have been two years ago. So right. you'd be in that beginning of this timeline that we're talking about. But when we first started, um, we did certain things. And, and again, we bracketed because we could. We bracketed because sometimes cameras weren't as good. So you didn't know what was over and underexposed when you're just standing there. You're in this great location. So why not bracket Exactly. to to make sure you're covered? You know, deal right, with it right. later. So. So we did we did a lot of things and I think as time goes on here we are 20 years later 20 almost 25 years later to when I got my first digital camera and probably the same with you I I'm pickier about what I shoot and I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves cuz I think that's that's a little but but I think we're pickier about what we shoot technology's better we know we know what we want that's a little bit better but to go back to history we used to bracket a lot cameras yeah. weren't as good we and then we weren't as good so yes. I, I would stand in front of Mesa Arch, which is, you know, I mean, like the, the world needs another photo of Mesa Arch, but <laughs> I, I would stand in front of Mesa Arch like I'm making artwork, right. you know, I'm like I'm, right. the, I'm making timeless artwork and I would stand there and I would surround it with every possible shutter speed aperture combination because I didn't really know. I was still learning at the time, you know, right. and I'm learning for years like, well, I don't want to leave and not have it. So let me let me take every aperture, shutter speed, focal length combo of this photo and also light. You know, I think in the beginning, you're like, well, I don't really know what good light is. So I'm just going to start shooting an hour before sunrise. Oh, I'm yeah. to keep shooting an hour after sunrise when in, in reality, there's only one or two photos from that location it, that will ever see the light of day. You know, one hundred. I mean, I totally,
1: I totally agree with that because, yeah. you know, uh, yes, you, yeah, there's this. Uh, I don't know if it's kind of like a FOMO, like a fear of missing out, or this compulsion where you feel like if I don't get the the best possible shot, I'm um, I I've failed. But truthfully, like I know for me. When I look at those sequ- those massive sequences of the same exact photo, it's almost like a. If you were to press like the right arrow key, so that it you know the the photos scroll through, it almost looks like a time lapse. At that point, yeah. camera yeah. didn't move. It exhausts me because I'm like, oh my god, I just don't. Ca-. And then I end up just picking a photo that looks okay, and I edit it, and it's fine. Like it's it's I'm yeah. happy with it.
0: Um, and the I other. Rock- the other 3,000 photos from that location never get looked at again.
1: No, and what's worse is they don't get, at least not for the longest time, they wouldn't get deleted because I'd just be like, all right, whatever. You know, I'll keep it in on my hard drive. Um, and it just collects dust. But the, uh, there's one example in my head that this whole kind of planting your, your feet and your tripod and just constantly rifling off because you think it's going to better... It was at um, it was at Grand Teton National Park, and it was just taking you know one of those kind of like the Mesa Arch photo. Like it's uh, the world needs another one of these photos with the with the mountain <laughs> range and and the and the the, the uh, water in the foreground. I got my shots, and what's funny is when I was done, I kind of turned around, and I saw this random photo of a leaf. It was still early morning, so um, in, in the winter, and so the leaf was rimmed in ice. But what was cool is that. Um, the sun was behind me when I was seeing the photo of the mountain, when I turn around, I, the, the leaf, you can, I was able to get the sun through a little tear. There was a little hole in the leaf. And so the sun mm-hmm. burst through it. Wouldn't you know that was actually my favorite photo from that. Like <laughs> I, I was so bored of the mountain shots cause I had so many, but here's this one. And I only took one photo. I, I moved the camera around until I got the sun burst and it's a great photo. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's, it's, I think it's important that we're talking about that one, we've all, you know, we've been there, uh, and, and two, how we got there. Mm-hmm. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, a, it's all, it's all perfectly normal. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just, it it is, it is a timeline and everybody listening to this is at a different point in that timeline. But I, I do believe if you took photos 25 years ago, you're, you're probably somebody that today is a little pickier about what you take photos of, and and uh, if and again, I was if a- you started two years ago, you're 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 in that early phase of I've got to capture everything because I don't know.
1: But that's the thing. If I was that guy right now, or or girl, like where I'm too, I'm early in my thing. I I would uh I would actually want to hear this.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: I would love, man, I would love to not have as many photos as I have. I know,
0: I know, me too. <laughs> so, um, and, and to, to go to what we talked about, like bracketing, you know, uh, just to be clear, I'm not going to say I don't advocate bracketing certain landscape scenes, but you should have a reason to do it. And generally that reason is you're shooting in extreme contrasty lighting conditions, which is typically shooting toward the sun. Um, shooting interiors with windows and lights mm-hmm. and then really dark places. But I bracketed a lot of things that didn't need to be bracketed. And, and mm-hmm. today's dynamic range in your cameras is so good that on the back of the camera, you should be able to take a picture. Can you see the details in the shadows? Yes. And do you have the blinkies on so you know if you blew out any highlights? No, I didn't. Boom. You got one photo um, I, I, I hate to say so final about it, but you, you really don't need to HDR those photos together because you should be able to, to get what you need out of that one photo. Absolutely. I mean,
1: I remember just to cool, you know, wrap it up, but I would walk around back in the day when I had, when I was shooting Canon, I had like a 5d Mark two and then a 5d Mark III, but especially the 5d Mark two, I, I believe it only limited, you know, I was only able to get three brackets, you know, the, the zero and then the minus and the plus. And I found this device called a promote control. I remember <laughs> oh my, that. Yeah, oh my God. Oh my God. Kudos to the guy who I think was some dude yeah. in Texas, some engineer. And it allowed me to basically bracket as many shots as I wanted. So I would do nine brackets. I know. <laughs> and and I'd have this, <laughs> I'd be crazy. walking around. Yeah, this 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 thing with a lanyard around my neck, this this device <laughs> hanging in front of me. Um and yeah. so that's one of the other reasons why I have so many brackets. Cause I would, like you said, I took so many brackets yeah. of things that didn't need it.
0: So, um, all right. So I think we got that one down as far as history goes. Yeah. Um, so what's another reason that, that, that we have a lot of photos.
1: Yeah. So I think one of the other reasons I would say that people might overshoot is it's almost like they want to, they want to, it's almost like insurance. They they want to, they take out an insurance policy because they want to think maybe that down the line there's going to be this like hidden gem that they'll discover. So they like shoot a bunch of stuff and maybe down the line they're going to go back and oh yeah there's that one shot. But but pretty much I don't know that I've ever found I've in all the photos that I've ever taken I don't know that I've ever gone through my photos and oh my god there's this
0: one hidden gem yeah. it, it just yeah. doesn't yeah. happen. And I think that's why we don't delete too. I think that's why we save, you know, I, I've got, so I'll take, I'll take my, I'll take my trip to Norway years ago. It was probably a decade ago now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, God knows how many gigabytes upon gigabytes of photos I took. And I, I'm better about it now, but for years I wouldn't go, th- I wouldn't delete mass delete. Like this trip was 10 years ago. What am I, am I really going to go through this trip and find new photos? You know, and I'm not saying it's tough because there there is a, there's, there's always like, you can't be all in on any one topic. So there is, I, I understand like you can go back to old photos and sometimes you do find things, but I think, I think there can be a system to it. So, you know, I've got I've got a photo that I stumbled upon uh, on this one location in Norway. Now, I've taken that photo, I've edited that photo, I've posted that photo. I really really love it. I took about 400 other photos at the same location, higher, lower, left, right, up, down, including yep. more <laughs> foreground, including less foreground. Those photos should be deleted. Yes. Because the one that I took stood the test of time. I still love it today. And, and no portfolio could hold two or three or four photos of the same thing because they are all of the same thing. It's all of the same grass and barn and water and mountains that I had there again, just different angles. So as time goes on, I have become more confident that that's my photo of this location. The other 400 that were again, not that they're 400 different framing compositions, but again, nine photos with bracketing of every single thing. Right. It, it's they can go away. Right. And I think we tend not to want to delete some of those photos from a shoot where we've already pulled our favorites. Right. Because we're afraid there is that hidden gem that's in there. And what I would say is there's probably not. <laughs> because if, if, if there was, your 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 photos probably would have won all the accolades and 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 awards that it was gonna win already and and the fact that the idea that there is that hidden gem in there i think is something that we chase and we save a lot of photos for i don't personally think that we had that 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 we will ever find that hidden gem
1: no i don't think it's a it's a good strategy to kind of like hitch your success on like, Oh, maybe, maybe down the line, I'll, I'll go back and I'll find this one photo from the 400 other ones. Cause there's this point of diminishing returns. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm with that's you. A good, like, that's a good
0: way to put it. Diminishing returns for basically the same location. Yeah, exactly. And I, like, I get it.
1: Um, but I also don't <laughs> like <laughs> because I I get it because I've been there and I don't get it because I have seen the error of my ways. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's a good thing for someone to like hold on to that. And
0: I think, I think if there's any, any takeaway from this one before we move on to the next one, it's just everything in moderation, right? Of course. I, I am not saying that there's not value in going over a photo shoot from 10 years ago and finding, you know, number one, you relive the trip. You get to relive the trip through like, oh, God, I remember that one. Oh, I remember where I was there, you know? So so there is. There, there's some nostalgia. There's some value in reliving the trip. There's some value in that you might see something different. What I'm saying is is use common sense. I, This location, I and I, I know this because I was looking through this, this photo shoot when we started talking about this. I literally had 500 photos of the same spot. I, if I just pare it down to fifty photos of the same spot, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, at least then, now I don't have five hundred. And and that, that's all I'm trying to get across with this is is be just have some common sense with it. If you've already pared it down, you know you went to Mesa Arch and you've got twenty different compositions of the arch. Great, you don't right. need a hundred and twenty different compositions of the arch. And I think that's a good takeaway from it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, all right. I'll take the next one here. So uh, so the, uh, this is a very common one. And again, this is one where your common sense is going to have to step in because I think there are some valid points to it. But saving photos to re-edit one day when better editing technology comes across. And again, I would say it's a valid point for certain things. But I, I, think, I also think it's important to understand that editing won't make a bad photo good. Okay? Correct. So so if compositionally and the light and all of these things around your photo if you didn't have your the, the the ingredients of a great photo are great subject, great timing, great weather, great light, great composition. If you don't have those things. If I went and took a picture of a garbage can, all the editing in the world is not going to make that garbage can good. If I went and took a picture of the little park down the street from my house, I don't care how I feel when I take that picture. It's not a good picture. There's nothing there that's worth taking a picture of. I right. know it just it's just a little community park. Yeah. So yes, editing technology does change. I would say, for the most part, nine out of 10 times where somebody sends me a photo and is like, hey, I just tried the new XYZ feature in Lightroom. Right. The XYZ feature in Photoshop. 9 out of 10 times when they say this saved this photo, 9 out of 10 times I can look at it and if I'm being honest, I won't say it to them a lot, but I'll be like you should have deleted it. That that photo should <laughs> yeah, you should have been yeah. given it a mercy kill. The, yeah, like, the new the new masking feature did not make that photo good. No, no. There
1: there is, you know, on the positive side, there there is one thing in my that I have experienced where technology has Allowed me to uh, present a better version of the photo because, and that's with HDR. You know, back in the day when we, when we were talking about our HDR adventures, the tone mapping app de jour was Photomatix.
0: <laughs> Photomatix.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, got, uh, you know, the, it, Photomatix has its place in history in the in the pantheon of photography, but <clears throat> the problem was that Photomatix didn't save you from yourself in fact it kind of i would say it kind of like encouraged, <laughs> encouraged you to be your worst self exactly exactly it was the devil on your shoulder and i'm, I'm listen i'm not knocking them because it was the point was it's it, not it, that it, bad yeah it's yeah. oh those yeah <laughs> those black clouds are actually nice like no <laughs> those, it, those black
0: clouds on a crisp blue day look great totally
1: <laughs> natural um and so here comes Adobe when they finally released their HDR photo merge in Lightroom, for example, in Camera. Raw. That was a HD. That was a technology that the same technology tone mapping, but it had these guardrails. Like you'd be hard pressed to to get a, a a bad tone mapped result. Now what you do afterwards, like you know, that's that's on you. But the point is that that was an exam <clears throat> an example of where um, technology improved and actually helped um Mm -hmm. but but it's not anything that absolves me for the five million brackets i took or like Mm -hmm. yeah you know so usually what i would do is i would i would re-edit the photo that i shared i wouldn't go back and say oh here's another set of
0: brackets so the uh and another one i'll jump on that one and i i think and remember the remember the text thread that we had showing pe showing each other photos like, oh god, just deleted oh, this yeah. gem that, oh, was yeah. up, <laughs> that was taking up that was taken up ten gigabytes. Oh, so yeah. we should talk about because I think that's a good tip that we can give people. And I also want to tilt our hand to toward the end, we're gonna come back around to this to to I think at least I know for me one of the reasons why I wouldn't care if I lost all my raw photos. But so I just want to tease that there. But going on your HDR thing, another one could be panoramas. 20 years ago, if you didn't know how to take a panorama, you could stitch it together. Photoshop had technology. There's a technology to stitch them together. But if you didn't take that pano the right way to begin with, where you lock down your exposure perfectly, you lock down your white balance perfectly, the stitching technology then would just leave horrible seams between it. So maybe right. you took a panorama and and you couldn't do anything with it because you just had horrible seams between the photos. You know, fast forward to when Adobe finally included it in the RAW editor, and they were really one of the first ones to to do it so well. Right. It you could you could have a photo that was two stops overexposed, a photo that was two stops underexposed, and you could stitch those together, and Adobe figured it out. Like right. it, it just magically looked good. To you. You didn't see all those themes there. So that's another one, although this could be a whole nother podcast episode that I I honestly and truly think, and I will defend this one until my death that ninety-nine percent of the panoramas that you take should not be taken. Yes. I will defend that one. That'd be another topic, but panoramas just don't show off well. And most people most people include too much. A scene yes, does not yes. need a scene does not need a panorama. So I, I, I would I, I know, look for another podcast episode called "Stop Taking Panoramas" because yeah. they're hurting you. To be continued. But, but yeah, but panorama. You know I think of the panoramas yeah. and all that. So what are some exceptions to this? Like you said, HDR. I would say you know don't go don't, don't go deleting folders of photos you never really went through. Yes, um, and I know we all have those. Yes, um, sky replacements. You know, sky, a sky replacement can take a photo that you were lukewarm about 10 years ago and actually do some pretty good things to it, as long as you don't misuse it. Exactly. It, it can do some pretty spectacular things to it. And I think a lot of people had fun when that feature came out in Photoshop. Yep. Uh, it, it's, it's uh,
1: you're 100% real. like And that actually, you see, some people, I think, as soon as they think, they hear sky replacement or any sort of like significant manipulation to the composition they walk away for me that's a that and i know you've done a lot of tutorials and and stuff on sky replacement like while the process of removing a sky may have gotten better the the it it actually can help you be a better photographer if you take seriously like the ensuring that the the sky you replace you you add in for example actually fits the composition not
0: just oh yeah
1: but like the light the texture the, the 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 time of day
0: so yeah i'm all for that absolutely i still i still to as much as much as i try to teach against it and i know you see them too i still see and have people send me sky replacements where they took a cloudy day and they put a beautiful color colorful sky or a bright blue that I see a cloudy day with a bright blue sky in it. The worst one that I see is a photo where it very clearly has shadows. It might even Mm -hmm. be at the edges of the day, you know, sunrise, Mm -hmm. sunset, but more the golden hour where the light's getting a little bit lower. There's clearly shadows in the photo and the sky has all of these purple, red, magenta hues to it. And, and whether or not, whether or not you can state it, your mind knows these hues don't happen until after the sun is down. Correct. Absolutely. And so, so your, your, your mind sees shadows, whether it's, you know, shadows on the trees and rocks and a landscape photo, whatever it happens to be, your mind sees these shadows Mm -hmm. and then they see a sunset that they know doesn't happen until 15 minutes after the sun went down below the horizon. Absolutely. That's what I mean. The, The other, oh, go ahead.
1: No 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 That's, that, that 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 I said my piece <laughs> no, but, that, but that that actually the other thing and again we can probably have a whole episode on on sky replacement but when i see yeah. for example um it's it's a the sun is is low enough where it's casting shadow let's say the shadows are being cast from left to right and then they replace it with a a, a sky where the sun is on the right like on the wrong yeah. side like and so again these are the things where i think it, if you take it seriously um, it can help you, you know, it'll improve your, your photo editing skills yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: And it's definitely a feature that I could see going back through old photos for, but again, common sense. I'm not saying delete all of your old photo shoots. I'm saying at least try to go in and pair them down. If you've got a hundred photos that look almost the same, spend some time today to cut it down to 15. Mm-hmm. And then maybe in a year from now you go through like, oh, wow. Wow. That photo could really benefit from a sky replacement, but all hundred of them don't need to stay around. No, Um, And I think another one would be uh, distractions. You know, if you had a photo where, where the distraction, it was legitimately a great photo, you know, maybe it was why it's hard. I think landscapes, it's tough. I think most landscape distractions might've been easy to remove, or maybe you just didn't have the, the know-how back then to remove it. You know, you mm-hmm. just didn't really know Photoshop and Lightroom isn't a really good place for it. Um yeah, if if a distraction was the cause of the bad photo, then absolutely you'll be happy to look through some of your old photos to maybe realize, "Hey, I can remove this distraction today because the remove tool is nothing short of of fantastic."
1: Sure. Well, and, and generative
0: I mean, fill, like and generative thing. fill well, yeah. yeah. So so can I can I uh, can I make a confession? Sure, I, I don't love know confessions. I no, I don't know you know have, I to. You have to now. Confession. You, no, 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 you have to. No, I'm the one that edits this. I could cut it out. <laughs> no, I'll tell everyone. <laughs> I'm going to tell everyone. Um, all right. So my confession is: is I have yet to download the Photoshop beta with generative fill in it. You monster! I have not used generative fill. You and Blake uh, are, are no. Blake's used it. Blake's used it. Blake's. De- oh, he's, Blake. he's finally he- caved. Yeah, I think I think he downloaded and used it. He just Blake Blake just has been getting because Blake makes panels, yes. and so he's been he's been get, he just gets bombarded with people that download the beta and then uses panels in the beta that don't work. Correct, and then say and then complain and say, well, you know, your panel isn't working. You downloaded a beta. Yeah. Um, so so anyway, and, and my i've got a facebook ask matt facebook group and it's just every day there's three posts in there of somebody that the photoshop beta broke something and and they it's funny is that they're mad at adobe like yeah, no no, yeah. no 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 you downloaded a beta yes. beta means high likelihood it won't work yeah don't don't <laughs> you know? don't rely
1: on this for your production work
0: yeah yeah, yeah. And, and don't be mad that it ruined your computer and you had to reinstall photoshop like right that's Par for the course for a beta. That's what, and that's honestly, I've been so busy that I haven't installed it because I can't afford for it to mess up my computer. Yeah. So, so no, I haven't it, installed it, and and I've seen enough videos on it. And I know what it will do, and I'll I'll get into it in the next month or two here. But yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. So the whole point with that one was you know distractions um, could, could yeah. definitely be one. Absolutely. You want to take and the vision one? Yeah. So for me
1: this kind of, I was going to bring this up earlier. We were talking about this earlier, but I wanted to wait for now when like going through your older photos, um, it, in uh, depending on how you approach it, it could also be a, a very good thing because odds are, I know for me and I'm sure for you, like the photos that we're talking about that we're referencing from 20 years ago, If we were there today, odds are we wouldn't even take those photos to begin with, which is an indication that our creative vision and how we see things has evolved. Um, So in that situation, like it could be a learning experience where when I go through and I see see these and I'm like, oh man, like, what was I thinking? Mm -hmm. Um, And that to me is a good indication. Like these photos should be deleted. I don't need these photos because I would never want to share them today. So, and it's that's not just composition; a, it's also editing. The editing yeah.
0: style, yeah. And that's a good one. Going on that vision of how your vision changes. Um, this this is a good segue to a text thread that you and I had uh, a week or so ago. We were going through, and we were finding photos that we edited. So, so you know, if you're using Lightroom or Camera Raw, you open up your raw photo in it, and um, and you know, all your changes are, are saved when the little whether it's Lightroom's database or the sidecars or whatever. But your, your file, your, your edits are saved. And that's that. It doesn't take up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. The moment you take it into Photoshop
1: mm-hmm. and you've got that
0: 40, 50, 60 megapixel camera photo and you decide to add a new sky to it, you just took, if that was an 80 gigabyte photo, you just, or an 80- Megabyte. 80 megabyte photo, you just doubled, if not tripled it. easy, easy throw in more layers. I mean just mm-hmm. to open up just to open up a photo and save it as a PSD or TIFF will double or triple the size. Easy. Even if you don't add any other layers to it. If you just that- if you just did some editing and on one tiny little layer, you just doubled or tripled your size the moment you saved it as a PSD or TIFF. Yep. Add five layers in there, 10 layers, smart now, objects. Smart objects, all these different things it it, it grows astronomically and so brian and i were sending photos that we went in hdrs that we did that have you know three layers with the sky masked and this masked and the luminosity mask of this and all this stuff and we were finding all these photos and so brian brian was doing really good with it he he would just send me a picture and he would be like he'd be like uh (laughs) 1.5 gigabytes on this winner (laughs) exactly right it was just a horrible horrible black and it was a clouded hdr photo oh it was it was terrible it was
1: yeah it was from boston the convention center i i know the yeah it's i mean on this gem
0: that's what he said he goes 1.5 gigabytes on this gem
1: and guess what it (laughs) was like a 24
0: megabyte raw file like
1: 24 mega
0: yeah so it could uh, have been a fraction of that size. Yes. And and so so the the takeaway from this is, and this is, I, I think you did the same thing. I went through my Lightroom library and I started looking for TIFFs and PSDs. Mm-hmm. And I've got TIFFs and PSDs in there from 10, 12, 14 years ago that I, I freed in about a half hour. I freed almost a half a terabyte of space exactly by getting rid of old tiffs and psds that were just horrible right like just horrible now you could say well you could go in and re-edit them they they weren't worth it (laughs) they weren't worth it and if it was worth it because there were a few photos in there that were worth it there were Uh a few photos in there that i realized i edited this photo i saved the psd or the tiff file and it's got 10 layers in it and i don't need it so what i did is i went in and i saved it as a jpeg Yes, And then I deleted the file and I have the raw file there to back it up where I know I didn't spend a lot of time on it. And so I could go back and re-edit it if I want to in probably five minutes, but that goes to another tip, which is, and what I alluded to before, I won't even hold this one to the end, but for me, I save a JPEG of every photo that I somewhat like. Mm -hmm. So If I go on a photo shoot and I open up a photo and I edit it, I'm like, yeah, if it it makes it to the editing portion, then I kind of like it. I might not love it, but I I like it enough that I want to edit it. And when I'm done, I save it as a JPEG and I have a folder called Portfolio Mm -hmm. and I put all of the high quality JPEGs. I save it as a a high quality JPEG. I don't resize it or anything. Mm -hmm. I put them all into that folder and I've got probably six or 700 photos in that folder. That folder is backed up twenty thousand different ways. Yes. That folder is is anywhere. My family knows where that folder is. Everybody knows where my folder is. And this goes to what I said before about if you if I accidentally lost all of my raw photos, I would be upset, and I don't know really why I would be upset. I would be upset because I feel like I would have to be upset. Right. But at the same time, I know all of the photos I care about are in that folder. Exactly. And it's a nice light folder. It's got 600 JPEGs in it. How big could it be? You know, a, a gigabytes space, but not that much. Right. Easy to back up anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I know it's backed up 20 different ways that my everything in my life could explode. That folder would live on. And I would have a high quality version of all of the photos that matter to me. And if something were to happen to me right today, my family would be able to know, hey, don't go back looking through the hard drive archives. This folder is the only thing that matters of everything that that Matt ever did uh, for my photos. So, absolutely, um, and and I think,
1: I mean, we can talk about that as well. Um, you know, kind of <laughs> like skipping around on on, on on what we wanted to talk about, but I think that we should talk about this because let's say something happens to you and suddenly Matt's not here anymore, um, and so. Your your family, the way I think about it is if something happened to me and let's just say I happened to be a hoarder, you know, and I, uh, <laughs> I had, my house was filled to the brim with junk I'm gone. And, but now my family has to come in and guess what, who, guess who has to deal with sorting yeah. through all that? Yeah. You, you can apply that same rationale to photos. Like,
0: yeah. I, like, I, I would feel, feel like they had to. Exactly. To, I yeah. get messages from people all the time. I, I sadly, you know, just people, you know, the emails will get forwarded on to a family member. Or they'll be going and looking through a loved one's emails and, and they'll send me a message. and be like, you know, my, my mom or my dad or my brother, you know, has all of these hard drives. Do you know of a service that will go through the hard drives right. and, and figure out the photos? You know, and, and I tell them, you know, hey, maybe, maybe look around for, for JPEGs and photos that they've shared, because those are probably the important ones to them. Right. The stuff that was distant on a hard drive might not be be that stuff. But yeah, you, you saddle people with the feel, the need that like, all right, you know, my son would look at these and be like, well, my dad must have cared about them because there's eight terabytes of photos sitting there. So I guess I should go through them. Yeah. When and in reality, my you know my family knows like, hey, don't worry about those. This is the important folder. Exactly. Yeah. And and I do the same thing as you, where I have this one
1: um, album that has all of the photos that I actually care about. And they're, 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 they're the same thing, full res JPEGs. And um, it's just, it's just one of those things where it, it I think also clutter um, from a mindset clutter from just like, we can talk about, I know that I mentioned earlier how we used to say how hard drives are not that expensive but truth is like if you filled up say a 8 terabyte hard drive or or a larger hard drive and you have to buy no those aren't necessarily i mean they're still pricey they're but yeah
0: it's just like wait like, yeah go we, ahead we talked about we talked about this a couple of weeks ago cuz you were helping me and this is you know, so brian brian's probably definitely more techy of a person than i am i love tech like i like i i'm i'm kind of tech illiterate and when i have tech questions i go to brian because i know he's he's probably gonna laugh at me but he won't make fun of me never to yeah. my face <laughs> <laughs> that don't, don't make fun of me to somebody else after him like can you believe mm-hmm. matt didn't know about mm-hmm. this but but and that, that's that's why it's cool like you know that's why i like having you on like we talk about all these topics because I do feel like we challenge each other. And I feel like the only reason I'm pointing this out is I feel like everybody should have a person that you can talk to that kind of challenges you in a different way. Absolutely. Um, I I was, you, you know, you, in my previous life, when, when I worked at Kelby, we did a a weekly show Mm -hmm. and, and I kind of felt like that show became, it became an echo chamber Mm -hmm. because I did it with my boss and the mm-hmm. owner of the company. And not that, in all fairness, it wasn't like I couldn't voice my opinion. And, and many times over my my decade there, I did voice my opinion. But at the same time, it was still kind of an echo chamber. It was my boss. And if, there were times where I was like, yeah, I don't know that I agree, but I'm not willing to to plant this flag on this hill right now. So correct. let me just shut up. So the, that to me, that show became an echo chamber of, us speaking. And then really the people that watched it felt the same as us. And right, I think we're going to have lots of people that challenge us on this, this deleting photo thing, but, but that's why Brian is cool. So, so the the whole story goes to, I was asking Brian about hard drives because he knows much more about hard drive speeds and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to upgrade from my eight terabyte drives to something bigger, I want them to be at least as fast I would prefer not spinning drives that I have back there because they need to spin up, spin down. My my office is a heater. You know, it's it's great in the winter time, but yeah. in the summer <laughs> right now, it's not. Um, with all of this. So we were looking at prices of these drives. They're expensive. If you want sure. a solid state 12 terabyte drive, yeah, it, it's not cheap. So no. people that say storage is cheap, I wholeheartedly disagree. Everything, Everything that's cheap Everything that's expensive eventually becomes cheap, and what they do is they make a better version of it that becomes expensive again. yep, and then that becomes cheap, and then the cycle is let's make a better version. So memory cards are a great example. Memory yep. cards got so cheap. you could you could you know, how much did we pay for a 16 gigabyte memory card in 2002? Some stupid amount of money? Now we can buy a hundred and twenty-eight gigabyte, two hundred fifty-six gigabyte memory SD bucks. card. Yeah, dirt cheap. I mean, for yeah. the price of a cup of coffee. Yeah. However, what they've done is is now in order for me to get the frame rate and the buffer yep. fill and the buffer that I want to shoot wildlife at thirty frames a second, everything like that. Now I need to buy a CF Express card.
1: Yep, those you know, are pricey. You know how
0: much a three hundred gigabyte CF Express card costs for this? It's like. It's more than my mortgage payment.
1: Yep.
0: It's, so so the amount of space that could be a cup of coffee for an SD card is now ridiculously expensive. The same things happen with hard drives.
1: Absolutely. And that's not something that people don't you know, you know they, they don't think about that necessarily. They just see the the one number. So they look at the hard drive and they're like, oh, 24 terabytes. Never mind the fact that it's probably the slow hard drives and a slow connection to the computer. Same thing with your the can't perfect example, you know. Oh, Lightroom find, is spinning. Oh yeah, actually, I mean that's a that's actually a very good point in terms of like uh, why you probably want to pare down. That's a, let's just go to that really quickly. Um, the Lightroom is a database. Lightroom Classic is a database. That's. Techie it's, Brian's it's, coming out here isn't no, it? it's super, super quick. It's a database, <laughs> and no, and it's good. Thing, I want to hear it. Yeah, with any database, the more records you put into it and that each photo is a record, each edit you make is a record, the, um, the more bogged down it gets, the slower it gets. Lightroom itself can be a fast app. But if you're working with 150, 200,000 photos, records, that's going to bog you down. And so that's another very important reason why you should notice significant performance improvements as you start paring down your, your yeah.
0: database of photos. And, and faster hard drives attached to it yep because absolutely. lightroom needs to read from these hard drives so, mm-hmm. so and that's where I was going with that one is you know you see the spinning thing because you know your drive's spinning up it's a slow drive it slows everything it slows everything down and and I don't think people realize that like i, I I'm you know I've never been in one of of like hey you know start multiple catalogs because you've got too many photos in one catalog I think done the right way lightroom can operate just fine on on hundreds of thousands of photos in a catalog but yeah. Hard drives, all those things. To you know, just clutter is just, I think clutter. Yes, I think we can put that one to bed by just saying, clutter is clutter, and if you have too much of it, there's always that feeling of I've got too much. So, I'm I'm personally trying rather than get new hard drives, I I would like to get some solid state drives because I think it would speed things up. I know these things spin up and spin down, and they they're noisy, so it's like I got to turn them off when I'm going to record a tutorial. Yep. And, and I'm, um, so I, I would actually rather just replace them with eight terabyte, much smaller solid state drives. Mm-hmm. And so rather than get new drives, what I've, I've kind of committed myself to do is just a little bit every day for a half hour, every day, I just go through and I want, I'm trying to get a gauge of where I'm at. Do I need, do I need all these photos? You know, right. and I'm trying to go through folders and, and there's, again, everything in moderation because I don't want to spend my life going through old fol- old folders of photos. So right. it's got to be quick. It's got to be like, can I look at it? And can I see a grid full of a hundred photos that look like the same thing? Mm-hmm. That to me is a place where I'll dig down deeper. I'll go through, I'll find the one that looks good. I'll find the one that's sharp, click on the first one, shift, click on the last one, delete. You've done Those this. can all it- go away
1: you've done that with your like bird photography. I remember seeing a video yeah. where you cover that like cuz I th- think oh man, I can't imagine like you just showed your camera like the crazy frame rate and you're out there yeah. and you're rifling and it's almost like when people show the, like it's almost like a a flex almost like a bragging right when they press and hold
0: the shutter and they're like <laughs> like so yeah, like are you, see the, see these? Yeah. There are oh, yeah. how big are they? I can't even tell. I mean, it's got, I think, a half, to five, uh, one terabyte. Uh oh, we lost Brian. No, okay. no, I'm here. I want you to because you. So these little Sandisk drives, which, by the way, Sandisk has is, is taken a beating right now in the yeah. reputation game. I should probably move these things over to something. But two terabytes right here of stuff of me going out and doing wildlife, mostly bird photography, and just dumping it on these things. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this is prime to be deleted because there are tens of thousands of photos on here that don't need to be here. I only need one photo of that three hundred frame series of the eagle. I only need one photo from it. Yep, exactly don't right. Don't need any more. Right.
1: I mean, this is this is my beast right here. This this. Old, oh God. Yeah, this thing's like twenty four tera. It's really heavy. Yeah. I mean, um and I can I can tell you that um, I go through the same thing. I, I slowly, I kind of go through an older photo, uh, older album, wipe them out. And my goal is to get it to a point where I'm with, I'm hundred percent with you because we talked about this. Like I want to kind of migrate to a SSD drive, something small, like an eight terabyte that can, that would be enough to hold my entire photo library. You know, even my videos that I produce for YouTube and stuff like that and have space left over um this used to be a like my bragging like oh i've got this giant 24 i yeah. i look at it I, I it's a great drive props to the manufacturer hasn't failed once in the years that i've had it i don't want to use this anymore it's loud okay. it's huge it's it runs
0: hot so yeah yeah i can't yeah I, I can't find anything on all these drives it's just yes it's uh yeah i think uh i think we i think we got that one across so I would say, I'd say a good a good place to kind of to to bring this in for to bring this in for a landing mm-hmm. would be, and it it elude I, I simplicity. I think mm-hmm. simplicity can be something that we all strive for, and everybody's going to be at a different place. I think with with simplicity, but I can tell you where the industry is going. So so right now. You know, I'm a Lightroom Classic user. I like the other version of Lightroom much better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, but I'm a Lightroom Classic user because I'm still hard drive based. I've I've got eight terabytes, and for me to buy eight terabytes of space with yep. Adobe would cost over a hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Now, you're keep in mind what you're getting. You're getting automatic backup too. So. That's, that's not a bad thing, but it's, it becomes cost prohibitive to do that. Mm-hmm. And where I'm getting to a point is, is I'm tired of this whole Lightroom thing where it's got to be on my computer. It's got to be, it's on my lap. I only have a laptop. It's got, it's on my laptop. I've got to be connected to my hard drives I do all this. And I, I, I'm getting tired of that point where if I grab my phone, the photo I want is never there. If I grab my tablet, I can't, you know, I use my tablet a lot. If I go remote and I disconnect from this, do I have to put the photo shoot onto an external hard drive that I can then take with me? I'm kind of over that. And so I'm trying to get myself down to the point where using the, the cloud version of Lightroom becomes what I can do. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, again, Brian and I are actually both working on courses that are approaching it from a different way, but I think we both agree it's a better tool. And I don't want to make this video or this podcast about, Hey, hey, you got to switch to the other version of Lightroom, but just to give some color to, to why I think it's good to pare down. It, it takes down the amount of stuff you have to back up. It takes down the amount of photos you have to manage as things grow, I think a lot of people listening might want to consider some different editing tools that I think work across all their things. And just to let you know, like Lightroom Classic is never going to be that that tool for anybody. Adobe's never going to make Lightroom Classic work between multiple computers and share into the cloud as much as it does now. They're never going to do that. Mm-hmm. They will keep adding editing features that they're adding to the cloud version to Lightroom Classic. Lightroom Classic will never get better if the if the cloud version of Lightroom doesn't get better. I think that's a good way to put it. I
1: one hundred percent.
0: And I don't I don't want to scare people because I think they'll keep Classic around for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But Lightroom Classic is done in Adobe's mind. mm Hmm. So, yep. and that's a it's a this is it's a hard statement to say. I'm not saying you shouldn't use it because it, it's not it's going away. They're going to keep it around, but it won't get better unless the cloud version gets better because that's what they're working on. And then and then they realize, okay, we're putting this feature in the cloud version. It's a really cool masking tool. We got to put it in Classic too. We got to put it in Camera Raw too. But that's why I, that's where it's coming from for me is I'm trying to pare all this down. To just get an easier, simpler system that I can grab my laptop, I can grab my tablet. I don't have to worry about yep. eight terabytes of photos because it's too many. I don't even want to worry for about one terabyte of
1: photos. Like, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you said. And we can, I mean, that's easily another episode talking about the future of Lightroom. Remember that we actually, we should probably, that's actually a really kind of, that would that's be a great That's ep- a really good
0: episode. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like it. That it is
1: because everything you said is spot on.
0: Um, and, and I would say feel for people I, I I did this when I did it with Blake because we're still kind of figuring out this podcast area. Yeah. But you've got Brian's website, Brian Matias, Brian, you know, Brian dot com. Or no, Mateash.com, right? com. Yeah. So M A T I A
1: Spell your name. M <laughs> M A T I
0: A S H dot com. That's how I was gonna spell it. It's you were there. You were you were there. <laughs> Um, um, I had the hard part down. It's the SH that some That's right. And uh, you know, I'm mattk.com. Swing by both the websites. If you got ideas, if you got questions, like the, the podcast, again, it goes back to what I said before. It's no good if it's an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to challenge me because I want you to come up with topics for us to talk about that are not just echo chamber topics of, of us talking, you know, between each other. So, so, and I expect it to grow from there, but like you said, you know, I think the Lightroom one, you know, the future of Lightroom, that's a, it's a great idea. And I would, I would look for that one too, because I can't wait for that one. <laughs> um. So anyway, so Brian, oh, just to leave people, what do, what do you do? You got your website.
1: Yeah, I got, I, I, matiasch.com is where you can learn everything about what I'm up to. And uh, obviously I'm on YouTube, uh, just search my name. And then the thing that I'm working on, I'm most excited about, and Matt kind of touched on this, like I am 100% Lightroom. Like that's all, I, I use the new Lightroom, I sync all my photos. And so I'm, I am working on a new course called Lightroom Everywhere that for those people who want to kind of get like soup to nuts about that side of Lightroom, check it out. And then I'm, you know, I know you're also, I can't wait to see the the version that you're working on. And it's just going to be awesome. Like we're going to just, I mean, everything will be covered. And that to me yeah. is the best thing for, for, for photographers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of working on more of a hybrid between Lightroom Classic and some of the cloud stuff to teach people how, how that all works together. So, um, but you know, I, I think if, if I could say anything to leave people with, it would be, remember, we're not saying go through and delete all your photos we mm-hmm. We're just trying to take, you know, make this uh you know, when, oh, and Brian Brian's actually got a can I can I kind of tell him a little bit about your idea? Sure. Your yeah. your kind of like photo backup delete challenge. So yeah. that's all I'll say. He's kind of going to issue a challenge, but I I'm going to join in on him I think with it and and we don't just want to say, do it. We want to give you ideas on, on how to do it more effectively so that you're not spending, nobody wants to spend eight hours sitting there going through deleting photos. And I think there's, there's better ways you can approach it. So take a half hour today, go look through some hard drives, delete some old brackets of photos. You know what I do? I bring it up. I bring the, I bring it up inside of Lightroom and, it, and I can adjust my thumbnail size. So usually what you have is the you know dark, bright, brighter, brightest. Yes. And I line up the, I line that up in the grid. And then I take the spray can tool inside of Lightroom Classic, which you don't have in your version of Lightroom. Ha, no, ha. I do not. No, I do
1: There's not. There's
0: something Lightroom Classic has that you don't have. He's always That's, telling me. He's like, I, I just use Lightroom. I don't have to worry about the You can crap. keep it. <clears throat> but it's got the spray can tool. I set the spray can tool to reject. And then visibly, I can just go down and just spray delete on the really dark one and the really bright one because I know I don't need them. Yep. So if if you do anything, that'd be a great place to start. Like that's that's a way to inch yourself inch your way into this mass deleting strategy is if you have the brackets, you're not ready to give them up yet. You're not ready to give up those photos. Go into the darkest one, go into the brightest one and delete them because you probably don't need those versions of them or go into the middle one, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm you're not ready to delete all the compositions, but you still probably don't need all the brackets. Absolutely. So, all right, Brian, thanks for uh, joining me today, everybody. Thank you for uh, for giving us some of your time here. Again, swing by our websites. Feel free to use the contact uh, buttons on there if you got any questions, ideas, thoughts, conversations about it, and uh, hopefully we'll talk about them next time. Thanks, Matt. Bye. 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 Bye.